0: Welcome home, everybody. I'm Jeremy Pearsons, and you are watching Legacy Television. We're glad you tuned in today. I believe that the Lord has something for you today that will change your life forever. And I'm not just saying that. I actually believe it. And I believe that you are an answer to prayer. Every single day, we gather together as a staff and our family, and we, we ask the Lord for you. We ask the Lord to give us access into your heart, into your home. So wherever you're watching this right now, whether you're in your home watching it on television or you're in a hotel room or a hospital room or somewhere else and you've gotten a hold of this broadcast, I don't believe it's an accident. I don't think it's coincidence. I believe that the Lord set us up. You and I got set up and I believe it's because he has something special that he wants to say to you, something remarkable that will change the way you think, change the way you believe, maybe even change your opinion about him maybe even change the way you've always thought about Him. And and I believe today in the course of this broadcast that through the help of the Holy Spirit, the light is going to come on on the inside of us and we are going to see Jesus like we never have before. Father, today in Jesus' name, we thank you so much for your word. We come before it with open eyes, open ears, and open hearts. We want eyes that see Jesus and Him only. Ears that hear His voice, the voice of our good shepherd who calls us by our own name and leads us out, out of whatever we're in that we need out of, out of death into life, out of darkness into light, out of sickness into health, out of lack into abundance. Thank you, Jesus, for calling us by our name and leading us out. And we receive to you, from you today, hearts that are open and ready to hear and understand more about who we are in Jesus and who he is in us. And we thank you for this, Father. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you got your Bible with you, I want you to go right back to the book of John with me, where we began last week. We began a new series all about the healing power of God. And I believe that there are people watching this broadcast from all over the world, and you are in need of God to heal your body. And I want you to see right now today from his word, that not only is he able to do it, you knew that much, he's willing to do it. He wants to do it. He wants you well. In John chapter 1, in verse 1, Remind you what it says here, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things uh, were made through Him. Who Him? The Word, Him. Jesus, Him. All things were made through Him. Without Him, nothing was made that was made. In Him, in the Word, in Jesus, was life, and the life was the light of men. Look at verse 14. It says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld. That means we could see it. We beheld his glory. Whose glory? The word's glory. Jesus' glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the father, full, the Amplified Bible adds, overflowing with grace and truth. And John bore witness of him and cried out saying, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me is preferred before me for he was before me. And in verse, verse 16, and of his fullness, of whose fullness? Jesus' fullness, of the, of the fullness of the word. The word that was made flesh of his fullness, we have all received and grace for grace, grace upon grace upon grace. What is that? That's the overflow of the grace of God that was in the word, that was on the word, that is the word himself. Jesus is the grace of God towards us. Praise God. And the scripture says that he has made all grace abound towards us. So that's what every miracle, we're gonna look at miracle after miracle, particularly the ones regarding the healing of people's bodies. And every time you see that happen in somebody's life, you ought to know right then that it was the overflow of the grace of God that was on the word, in the word, on Jesus, in Jesus, coming out of him. It's like spilling out of him. The words coming out of his mouth weren't empty words. They were full of the grace of God and they came out of his mouth and got on people. And sick people got healed, dead people got up. And the same thing that happened to those people when they encountered Jesus will happen to you is happening to me, praise God. That's what's going to be taking place in and throughout these broadcasts. Why? Because the Psalmist said it in Psalm 107, verse 20, he sent his word and what did it do? It healed them. It healed them and it delivered them from all their destructions. That's what his word does. When God sends his word to you, he sent it to you to heal you. The overflow of the grace that's on the word and in the word is coming right at you right now, and it is healing your body. Let's go back to the book of Mark, where we were looking yesterday, and we're looking at these miracles in Mark. I just, I love, I love these accounts. There's healing miracles and testimonies all throughout the gospels. But I, there's something about the ones here in Mark that I have always been drawn to. And it seems like every time the Lord directs me to preach on healing, this is where I come back to is these in the book of Mark. And yesterday we looked at that guy who went through the roof. You've heard of people who were so excited that it says, man, I'm, I'm through the roof over you, or I'm through the roof over this. It's just an expression to mean and to how excited I am about it. But these guys were actually through the roof These guys were some of the first people who got so excited about the word, so excited about Jesus, and so drawn to him that they didn't let the crowds that were in the house and outside the house, they didn't let any of that stop them. There was nowhere to park. There was nowhere to sit. They didn't turn around and go home. They climbed the stairs, went out on top of the roof, dug a hole in the man's roof, and dropped that dude right at the feet of Jesus. These guys were literally through the roof in faith. That's what faith will do to you when it rises up in you, no matter what's going on in your body and no matter what's going on around you, when it's true, genuine faith, you will get so excited that like these guys, you will be through the roof, man, through the roof, excited about Jesus, through the roof, turned on to the word of God through the roof. And that's what we were looking at last week. And again, Jesus, when he saw him come down through that roof, it says he saw their faith So faith brought these guys to the house. Faith took those guys up those steps. Faith dug a hole in the roof. Faith lowered that paralytic down to the feet of Jesus. And I want you to see that's where faith will take you every time. Faith in God, faith in the word, and faith in Jesus will take you right to his feet every single time, right into his presence, right where your needs get met, right where your body gets healed. And again, I want to remind you what Jesus said to him when he saw him. He said, son, not you're healed. Later on, he told him to pick up his mat and walk. But the first thing he said to him was, your sins are forgiven. And everybody in that crowd that day, man, that ticked some people off. That made some of those Pharisees and the religious leaders so mad. They said, who is this that can forgive sins? everybody in there it was widely known and accepted that if you were sick then you had sin in your life and can just imagine the condemnation that people must have lived with and people still living with now you know there are people right now that when they're sick in their bodies or when they've got something that they've been dealing with especially if they've been dealing with it for a long time they they won't go to church because they're afraid of the way people will look at them knowing that they're sick. They're afraid that people are going to say, you don't have faith, or they're afraid that people are going to look at them and say, your faith is too small. If you had faith, you'd be better. If you had faith, you would have overcome this a long time ago. Can I tell you something? That is condemnation and condemnation will kill you faster than that disease ever will. That condemnation is killing you right now from the inside out. And it's what Jesus dealt with on the cross. All, not just our sickness, but all our sin and the condemnation that goes with it was laid on him on the cross. You remember the book of Isaiah, the prophet, looking forward in time, saw that the chastisement needful to obtain our peace was on him. That's what chastisement is. It's not just a physical beating, but it's a verbal one. Somebody who's been chastised is somebody who's done something wrong and has just been chewed out and punished verbally, and punished physically, and and God put all of that on Jesus so that you could have peace. He took your condemnation, and that's why the scripture says in Romans 8, there is therefore right now no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. You know, he goes on later in that same chapter to say, if God is for us, if he's for us, and he is, he's not against you, he's for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? He says, who is it that condemns us? Is it God who justifies us? The very God, the one who had, the only one who had any right to condemn you instead of condemning you, took your punishment for you and chose instead to justify you. And now you have been given his righteousness and he's not about to turn around and condemn you right after he justified you. So if God's not condemning you, you have no business condemning you. If God's not condemning you, I can't condemn you. Why? I'm guilty of all the same stuff you are. We can't condemn each other. The only one with any right to condemn was Jesus because he was the only one who never did anything wrong. But instead of condemning you, he took your payment and your sin and your sickness. He took that punishment for you and he gave you his righteousness. So if he's justified you, he's not about to condemn you. And Jesus knowing that, that this, that it took a lot of courage for this man to show up here because it, it, it could have been the, the condemnation that has kept him paralyzed. I know it's paralyzed a lot of other people. Condemnation over their past, condemnation over past relationships has paralyzed them moving into potentially the relationship that God's called them into people who are in condemnation over mistakes they've made on past jobs refuse to take that step of faith into a new one. Why? Because they're so paralyzed in condemnation and in fear over the past. Jesus is saying the same thing to you right now that he said to this man, son, daughter, child, your sins are forgiven. And when he knew that these people had such an issue with this, he said, what's easier to say to this guy? Your sins are forgiven or arise, take up your bed and walk? What's, what's easier to say here? See, he knows that these people are throwing a fit over him, forgiving him. And he's saying, wouldn't it, it, it's easy to say you're forgiven. It's harder to say, get up and walk. But, but just so you know that this man is actually forgiven. He turned to him and said, take up your bed and go to your house. And what'd he do? He stood up. He picked up that mat that he came carried in on, that those faith buddies brought him in on, those faith buddies that I want to be for you, and I want you to be for me. Those who will carry each other to Jesus when for whatever reason we can't get there ourselves. You got to have friends like that. You got to be friends like that. And Jesus said to this guy, "Just so you know, all you here in the crowd they are haters right now, and you're hating on me, and you're hating on him. Just so you know that he's actually forgiven, take up your bed and walk." And he did. He was forgiven and healed in the same day. And 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 this, of course, this account goes on, and it really made these people mad. And I want you to go skip now down into chapter three, and I'm going to look at this next testimony, this this next miracle here in Mark. We've seen guys that were through the roof. Now I want you to see somebody else in chapter three. It says, and he, Jesus, the word, don't forget that, the word, the word that was sent to heal them. He entered the synagogue again and a man was there who had a withered hand. So they watched him closely, whether he, the word, would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. So this whole thing is taking place on the Sabbath day. This whole thing is taking place on that day that God has set aside and said, no work is to be done in that day. Now that was God's original instruction regarding the Sabbath. And if you wanna find out how significant this day is, just go back to like week one, day seven of creation. We know that that's the day that God rested. If you look back at every other day, day one, God looked at all of his work and he called it good. Day two, he looked at the work and he called it good. Day three, good. Four, good. Five, good. Six, good. He looked at all the works and called them good. But day seven, he didn't call it good. He called it holy. That was the only day he called holy. This was the only day that he separated as a day of rest. All the other days of good works had been completed. And on that seventh day, he rested. And really, that's the only appropriate time to rest. If you quit before the work is done, that's just quitting. But when the work is done, now you enter into resting. What a picture we have of what's been accomplished for us in Jesus. All the good works necessary to obtain our salvation, our righteousness, and our healing in our deliverance, all of those good works have been accomplished. They're done. And now we rest. But, but notice how messed up the Sabbath had become in these, in these people's thinking and the religious leaders, religious leaders approach to it. They were watching him to see if he would heal because healing's working. And if he works on the Sabbath, now we've got reason to accuse him. And they're watching to see if he's going to heal this man with a withered hand. So I don't know, maybe these religious guys brought this guy into the synagogue as a setup because we know this Jesus guy, he just can't keep from healing people. So maybe we'll bring somebody in here who's got a problem and Jesus is gonna heal him and it's the Sabbath and healing on the Sabbath is working and man, now we got him. And Jesus said to the man with the withered hand, step forward. What a simple instruction, step forward. Now, you know, you don't need me to tell you this, you know that this man's gonna walk out of this place today with what he came to get. And however he encountered Jesus, whatever he did to respond, remember this whole thing's a conversation between grace and faith. And this man is about to respond in faith. If he responds, it'll be in faith to the grace of God, to the word of God. Jesus said, step forward. What does that mean? It means you're in the crowd, and I want to separate you from the crowd. He was in the mix there, in the mix of people who'd come to the synagogue, in the mix with people who were there to accuse Jesus. And Jesus said to this man, step forward. Now Jesus could have done this any way that the spirit of God had led him to do it. He could have prayed for him later. He could have waited till the next day, but he did this on the Sabbath and he did it out there where everybody could see it. As I was praying about this, the Lord just brought this question in my mind. He said to me, And I'm going to say it to you. Are you willing to let Jesus make an example out of you? If you're dealing with sickness in your body right now, are you willing to let Jesus heal you and make an example out of you? Will you take this testimony and will you step forward? Will you step out of the crowd and say, look what Jesus has done for me? You know, we sit in services all the time where where ministers, men and women of God, call people up to the front. If you need this, raise your hand, come up here. If you need healing, come up here. And you know, there are people that sit there in those seats, service after service all over the world, but again, paralyzed by condemnation, paralyzed by fear, paralyzed thinking, if I go up there, people are gonna see that I'm not perfect. Really? You're not perfect? Oh my God, we didn't know. Yes, we knew. Everybody already knew it. But, there, but you're paralyzed sitting in that seat and Jesus is calling you, step forward, step forward, come out of the crowd. And just like that Sabbath day was set aside from the others, this is what he's doing right now in you. He's pulling you forward, separating you from the crowd. And this crowd that you and I are living in, the rest of this world, this, this nation, the United States and other nations around the world, we are in a health crisis. We are in a health crisis like this world has never been in before, and people are sick and dying still with all the technology, still with all the medical advances that, we, that we've come to love and appreciate. Still, people are dying by the thousands, tens of thousands, and hundreds of thousands. And Jesus is saying, right now, I'm calling you out of that crowd. Step forward. Will you step forward? Will you take a step of faith? Will you let him make an example out of you? He stepped forward. Then he said to them, to the religious people there watching him, waiting to accuse him. He said to him, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? Man, this is, it doesn't get more basic than this. This should be an obvious answer. You're so consumed with keeping all the rules and keeping all the laws. Let's get back down to it. Is it lawful to do good on this day or to do evil on this day? Is it lawful to save on this day or to kill on this day? You tell me. And the interesting thing about this is if you backed up into chapter two, just the, just the two verses leading into this one, they were already arguing with Jesus about the Sabbath. And he said to him in verse 27, the Sabbath, that day of rest, the day that he was prophetically speaking about that you and I are living in right now, we are living in that seventh day day, the Sabbath day of rest. and He said that day was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. See, they had gotten it all backwards. They thought that that was their day to serve. And Jesus is saying, no, that's your day to be served. That's your day to let me serve you with rest. Let me serve you with healing. It's not you working for it. It's not you earning it. This day was created for you, not you for this day. And he asked them this question about the Sabbath. Is it lawful to do good or do evil, save life or to kill? But notice this, they kept silent. They didn't say anything. Verse five, when he had looked around at them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts. Jesus looked at these people. You don't often think about Jesus looking at somebody in anger. You don't often think about him looking at somebody and his heart being grieved. Why was he so angry? Very simple. He asked them a question. He asked them, what's the right thing to do here? But the scripture tells us they kept silent. No response. No response. That is perhaps the highest form of dishonor, is to look eye to eye with somebody who has just spoken to you and to treat them as though their words were not even worthy of falling on your ears, just to not say anything at all. That's complete lack of respect total dishonor. And besides that, you will never receive anything in this conversation from between grace and faith. If you don't respond, it requires a response. Your faith is looking or excuse me, his grace is looking for a response and that is your faith. But he said to the man, stretch out your hand. Now, what if that man hadn't responded? What if he had chosen To live in fear, fear about what these people are going to say, fear about what these people are going to do, fear that I can't stretch out my hand. I I I, I've I've lost all the muscle in it. It's withered. It's I I can't do anything with it. Jesus said, "Stretch it out." What if He said, "I can't"? But Jesus said, "Stretch it out," and He stretched it out. This is just simple faith. This man just got his life changed in the conversation between grace and faith. How are you going to experience that? He's lost all ability. Maybe there's something like that in your physical body where you used to have strength and now you don't. Maybe there was a sickness, an illness or an injury and now your strength's been taken away. Jesus is telling you today the same thing he's telling this man. Number one, step forward. I'm calling you out from the crowd. And number two, begin to do what you couldn't do. And you're gonna either respond to that in faith or you're not gonna respond at all. But if you want this miracle and you want what Jesus came to do and you want the same thing that this guy got when he encountered Jesus, you're just gonna have to do the same thing he did. Step forward, take that step of faith. Let Jesus make a testimony out of you. Let Jesus make a story out of you. Commit to him right now. You do this thing for me, Jesus, and I will tell it to everybody I come in contact with and I'll tell it till they get tired of hearing it and then I'll tell it some more and tell him that you will preach what he has done for you step forward. And then when he tells you to do what you couldn't do, do it. If you couldn't take a step physically, take a step. If you couldn't stretch that hand or move that arm or move that head, whatever it was you couldn't do, you're laying in that bed, you couldn't walk right now. I want you to respond to the faith that's rising up on the inside of you. Don't be paralyzed by fear. Don't be paralyzed by doubt. Strength is coming back into your body. Right now, in Jesus' name, I speak strength back into your body. Muscles that have atrophied, I speak strength back into you in Jesus' name. You be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Strength be. Be strong. Be courageous. Be set free. And be healed in Jesus' name. Come on, let's worship the Lord right now together and let the Lord do in your body what only He can do.